Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Undisputed Future podcast. This is week one. I am CD Danny Mac. And I am Nikki Six. We are very excited to have all of you with us. We have been watching wrestling, and more specifically, NXT, for a long time. We are here to add a collective voice to the NXT universe. You got that right, Nick, and we are kicking the discussion off in a big way with the new ever rising out of NXT TakeOver Orlando. Let's get as crazy as it gets with the first match of the evening with Sanity's Eric Young, Killian Dane, Alexander Wolfe, and Nikki Cross taking on the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, Roderick Strong, Cassius Ono, and the debuting Ruby Riot. That's right, Cassius Ono was filling in for an injured No Way Jose who was attacked earlier in the night at WrestleMania Access by Sanity. They dropped a set of stairs on the man's spine, and it looked absolutely just devastating. No Way Jose had to be stretchered out to the nearest nearby medical facility. I haven't seen any updates on No Way Jose, but I'm hoping to see some in the upcoming episodes of NXT. That's right. The rest of the uh, Sanity crew did come out in their entrance with new eye makeup. It was fun. But it was just terrifying to see them like that. I don't know how you make Sanity look even more scary and odd-looking, but the eye makeup certainly did the trick. Not only did Sanity have an impactful entrance, but Ty Dillinger did as well. That's right. Ty Dillinger came out with that unusual uh, headdress, to say the least, but got the biggest pop of the night, and the man just deserves it more than any of the others. He truly deserves it. There's no question how hard Ty Dillinger has worked. The mission in this match was to destroy Sanity and take NXT back, so he brought in the big guns in Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong has been a 15-year veteran in and out of the United States, going to Mexico and and hundreds of other places. The man is a proven pro, and bringing in Ruby Riot to uh, go against Nikki Cross was a beautiful idea on Ty Dillinger's part. Somebody as unique as it gets who is going to make a direct, right away statement in the women's division. She looks like nobody else, and it's either win or riot, which is her mindset. She now, truly hits like no one else, too. That like that drop kick that she hit, it was just. Earth shattering. She took the crazy right back to Nikki Cross. She did, you and that it, that, that's saying something because Nikki Cross is truly unstoppable in the sanity level. She'll <laughs> throw down with anybody. As we saw in that match, Ruby Riot attacked Killian Dane. Nikki Cross was attacking Roderick Strong. It was chaos from bell to bell. Cassius Ono knocked Alexander Wolf out in the beginning, giving the uh, go ahead to Team 10. <laughs> the the, the momentum was back in fourth. Sanity came out swinging. The force of Ty Dillinger and his teammates and the heavy artillery Cassius Ono, the knockout artist. However, things did not end in the perfect way. No, a perfect loss for uh, Ty Dillinger again. The takeover curse. And uh, he couldn't pull it out, but it was it was it was nice to see him. You, you didn't expect to see Ty fall this time. You really didn't. As soon as he got tagged into the match, you could know what he was there for. He was filling it with passion. He was hitting hard. He was high flying. He was suicide diving. The perfect time was all over the place. Yeah, but as soon as Dane hit that, uh, what's it called, the Ulster Plantation, as he likes to call it, 
It, it, he was absolutely done. That electric chair drop. He turns Ty Dillinger inside out for the one, two, three. Quite honestly, Nick, I, nothing can stop Sanity at this point. Ty Dillinger brought in everybody he can. Some of the best wrestlers from around the world in Roderick Strong and Cassius Ono, as you expected. We didn't know what we were going to see from Ruby Riot. Uh, your, your thoughts on Ty's team tonight? They had a great showing. They really had a great showing. Did their best, and they did not let the NXT universe down, in my personal opinion. They showed Sanity that there are going to be some hard times and people who are going to oppose them. The mission doesn't end with Ty Dillinger. There's no way anybody in that NXT locker room is going to let Sanity have the control as they have been, but how do you prepare for a match like this against Sanity? Like Nigel McInnes on commentary said, he quoted the great Roddy Piper, as soon as you think you know the questions, Sanity changes the answers. Now, do you think that anybody, <laughs> does anybody carry on from this team, Ty's mission, or do you think some new blood comes in to try to step up the Sanity? I think right now, um, if anyone, Ruby Riot is most certainly going to take it right to Nikki Cross. Mm -hmm. They're going to continue that feud because the yin to the yang plays off of each other. And it's a good start point for Ruby Riot, honestly. I agree with you. Like, there's there's just something about those two women facing off. They just they have this unique look. They bring something else to the division. I'm really looking forward to seeing them lock up again. Yeah, and, and uh, Roderick Strong is definitely not done with Young. Roderick Strong and Eric Young are going to put on some great matches in the future. The Messiah of the Backbreaker is definitely not done with the leader of Sanity. But pressing straight on, we have Alistair Black versus Andre Cien Almas. We have another debut matchup happening at NXT TakeOver Orlando in Alistair Black. Andrade Cien Almas, a formidable opponent since... Another strong showing. Another strong showing. The man, he, he, he goes heel and... I'm not sure how I personally feel about it. Like even when he first came in, it was a bit slow going for him. But the heel works more than the the face definitely does. His look, he just has that smug. You know, I'm I know how good I am in this ring. The way he uses the ropes. But I truly don't know if that's gonna work. We've seen that in Alberto Del Rio, and the WWE fans didn't quite connect with it. We always feel like, oh, it's too Eddie Guerrero. He's leading too much this way. He's leading too much that way. Andre Cien Almas is skating a very thin ice. It's a hard, hard thing to pull off. I think El Idolo can certainly take the NXT by storm. However, it did not happen tonight. Aleister Black was able to walk out with the win during his debut. He has that certain look to him in the ring. Nick, your thoughts? Your first glance of Aleister Black. Hits. Like someone, like like some of the heaviest people I've ever seen in the WWE, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. He's going to give them all a run for their money eventually. But the man, not just hit hard, but he flips hard. He was all over the ring. Andre Cien Almas couldn't keep him down. There was no stopping Aleister Black in his debut matchup. He came out swinging. He's a big time striker. He's got his moon salts down. And that black mass spinning wheel kick across the end's <laughs> jaw put him down. He left his chin rattling. Whew. Looked like a skeleton, honestly. But like it, it was, it was a great showing from Alistair Black. It wasn't a, a, an extensively long match. I can't wait to see where it goes with him. And the the big question with seeing Alistair Black is, where are they going with the UK? The UK superstar in Aleister Black, formerly known as Tommy End on the United Kingdom circuit of independent wrestling, 
That's a very interesting point, Nick. We don't know where the NXT and United Kingdom Championships stand as far as being united, but we will certainly touch on that probably next week. And Aleister Black singles competitor to the top, or does he join the fight against Sanity? First point on that, I definitely don't think he's going to the top just yet. And second point on that, he's definitely not going to join the fight against Sanity. He's too close. The, the, the comparisons are way too obvious. People would be asking him to join Sanity, and that's definitely not going to happen. That's true. I mean, the dark character, he doesn't have to be in a faction necessarily. But the way he presents himself is very unique. He follows this dark philosopher, the light of the moon, this whole follow-your-own-path philosophy. Aleister Black certainly has an impactful backstory to him. And speaking of impactful, how about that black mask spinning wheel kick? Nick, the way he set it up. The way he set it up, the way he lifted him and just he spinned completely and just caught him right on the jaw... It, it was reminiscent of the way X-Pac used to pull off his spinning wheel kicks. It looked like a martial artist's. And one swift spinning heel kick to the face later, Andrade Cien is out. Aleister Black is moving forward on a, a very successful debut matchup and a statement made on the NXT Universe. With two very strong debut matchups done, we have three title matches to follow. And we're starting off with the NXT Tag Team Championship in a triple threat match between DIY, The Revival, and the tag team champions, the Authors of Pain. And Paul Elrig had his boys in absolute check, to the point where DIY and The Revival actually had to work together. Nigel McGinnis called it the Unholy Alliance. You never thought you'd see the day with two teams we've seen just hate each other, but hate each other and put on match of the year quality matchups in the process, them working together. They even shared finishers. Scott <laughs> Dawson and Johnny Gargano with the meat in the middle. And that was, top, uh, it was, it was a great showing to, to, to show exactly how powerful the Authors of Pain really are and what it is going to take to dethrone them. The meat in the middle by Gargano and Dawson was just the beginning. Champa and Dash Wilder followed it up with a shatter machine shortly after. There were a few near falls, but neither of the tag team finishers were able to put away the Authors of Pain. The two were flying in and out of the ring. Gargano and Ciampa, they always put on a great showing, but they needed the Revival this time, and it was very, very clear. But the rivalry between the Revival and DIY came back to haunt them after Dawson threw Ciampa back into the ring. It was followed by the blind tag from Rezar to Dawson, and then the last chapter was hit on Ciampa, and despite all the resiliency, DIY was eliminated first in this matchup. That's that was that was the big shock. Honestly, I didn't think that DIY was going to be dropped out first. I kind of felt after that point that the revival was going to win. I really thought that they were going to take home those three-time NXT. The three-time top guys did not happen. I am also shocked by DIY's first elimination because if it was in the matches DIY versus Authors of Pain, where we started to see the possible chinks in the armor of Paul Ellering's monsters, and despite all of that, Ellering still crafted up a master strategy to eliminate DIY first, but carried on to a very strong two-on-two matchup between the Revival and the Authors of Pain. It was like he almost expected all four of those guys to come at his monsters and planned ahead for it. The Revival... Fought strong, though. Even after DIY was gone, they did not give up, not even a little bit. They fought harder than they did when DIY was there. 
The Revival was pulling out their usual top guy, bad guys, however you see them, strategies, uh, Dawson with the blind tags, so Wilder, there were chatter machine attempts, there were submission holds, there was everything under the sun to try and put these guys away. It was slightly underhanded, yeah, but they always do it in the best fashion. These guys, they, they always seem to impress, and that's exactly why they are where they are. It was the brute force and strategy given by Ellering that definitely continues to lead the Authors of Pain into tag team success. But the NXT tag team division is in a very interesting rebuild period. We are seeing teams like Heavy Machinery rise up. We're seeing a heel Bollywood boys. We're seeing the Illy brothers who keep getting jumped by these Authors of Pain. And I honestly still don't think DIY's saga is done with these guys either. Absolutely not. I think, if anything, they'll get a few more title attempts. They're definitely going to get a feud or two with, uh, you know, the new heavy machinery. I'd like to see some face-on-face action there. That would be fun. But um, as for their feud with the Authors of Pain, they're definitely not done. I don't know if they're going to continue it right off of the takeover, but it's definitely going to continue. It is certainly not over. And another thing that's certainly not over is the Authors of Pain continuous trail of destruction. Nobody can stop these guys, especially with Paul Ellering's influence, the prime ability of these guys. It, it's possible they break the Ascension's NXT tag team record. Nick, your quick thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think that it's necessary for them. They're already one of the most imposing forces to come through NXT, and they truly, truly don't need it. You know, like they could be moved up to the WWE roster tomorrow and no one would question that. And it's not just because of Paul Ellering and his wonderful mic skills. It's about the presence that, like I said, that they bring to the ring. They are powerful. But to answer your question, Dan, no, I don't think they need the moniker of the longest reigning NXT champions. I think it should be bestowed on someone who can benefit from it. All right, Nick, to your point, I do think that beating the Arthurs of Pain and taking those NXT Tag Team Championships away from them would be quite the accomplishment for any team on the NXT roster. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a force that's able to do it so far, so I think those guys are holding on to the titles for a long, long time. With another chapter written by the Authors of Pain and their Book of Destruction, let's move on to the NXT Women's Championship match between two undefeated competitors in the champion Asuka and the challenger Ember Moon. Yeah, and honestly, I think Asuka was way too overconfident going into this match. She just didn't take Ember Moon seriously enough. And I can tell you right now that next time it's going to be very different. Oscar was showing this completely different, cocky, brash side. She was very dismissive as Ember Moon started to rise through the ranks of NXT. She even cut that one backstage interview and asked about Ember Moon, and her reply was, Ember She who? works here? <laughs> Ember who? Yeah, well... Next time they face off in the ring, it's going to be a very different situation. You know, Asuka's going to be hitting with full intensity and not from, you know, halfway through the match. It's going to be the entire match. Ember Moon was out the entire match to show Asuka that not only is she going to ask for competition and receive it, but she almost got one-upped there. She almost had that she match won. Like, Asuka really was close. really digging into some they stuff Ember we haven't seen before. Some serious intensity. It was like we've never seen before. And if she keeps that up, that's exactly what we need from the next NXT Women's Champion. That's what's going to put her in that position. That intensity. That drive. That we love from her. The 
She's innovative women's wrestling as it is. I her mean, finishing move is innovative and it's fun, but it's not enough. It's not going to get her the title. She needs to do more. She needs to show that she's more intense than Asuka. More intense than Asuka is a very, very big shoes to fill. I mean, that's something that we haven't seen out of the division before. And to your point about the Eclipse, Asuka was trying to avoid that the entire matchup. Even so much as to, again, back to those cocky, dismissive attitude, it actually brought out a little bit of desperation in Asuka towards the end of the match. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you your opinion. Do, do you think that that's a heel move? like, Or was that just desperation or... or was that a veteran maneuver? I think it was Asuka fighting as a champion. I think it was her saying that I can do this if I want to, but the referee's right here. I'm going to take full advantage of it, and I'm going to keep my undefeated streak. Alright, uh, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I'll take it. Cop-out answer. There's really nothing you can say about the NXT Women's Champion right now, except for this change of attitude, which we seem to be covering very much in depth. Will she have this attitude if a new opponent rises, or will have Ember Moon spark something that'll bring back the more intense and focused on competition side we've seen from Asuka? I agree. This is going to bring a whole new side of Asuka. It's going to bring a whole new type of writing for her, a whole new aspect of the game for her, and not only in NXT. I, mean, I, I can't wait to see what it brings to the NXT but is it going to carry over? And if it does carry over, how is it going to affect where she ends up in the broad spectrum? I think Asuka entering a completely new universe when that time does come, it really is dependent on which brand she ends up on, but the women's division in WWE as a whole needs somebody like Asuka. They need that monster to just come in and destroy, and at the same time impress oh, with her in-ring skills. We don't have a monster in Nia Jax. We don't have a monster in Nia Jax. We don't have a believable monster in Nia Jax. We have a genetic monster in Charlotte. She comes to Raw. She dominates. She's coming to SmackDown now, and I can almost guarantee she will dominate. That's certainly going to be something all to look forward. All bread NXT, just for the record. So it is still relevant, all you listeners. <laughs> Uh, NXT women's roster has certainly brought that change through aforementioned over the past couple summers, the women's revolution, that has all been discussed to death. We are not talking about that here. This is the Undisputed Future podcast. We are covering Asuka versus Ember Moon, and I say that Asuka, no matter where she ends up, she's going to bring the same dangerous and mean streak that she has. On I'm not saying any that she's not going to do rent. that, but I'm saying like if she's a heel or face is going to de- like it's going to be a, a factor where she ends up, which show she ends up on. A desperate Asuka is still a dangerous Asuka. Absolutely. She's starting to... Could re- be even more dangerous. It could be. Know. It could show how more willing she is to hold on to that championship now that she realizes that maybe the competition she's been asking for, maybe it's right around the corner, and All maybe right. in different circumstances, Ember Moon walks out of Orlando with the NXT Championship. Veer, veering more like towards the match and like Ember Moon, exactly like you're saying here, like how does now Ember Moon earn herself a number one contendership again. How is she going to like prove to Asuka this new you know, attitude that she has? How is she going to prove to Asuka that she deserves the chance, in th- your opinion? I think Ember Moon is going to go back and she's going to take on some familiar opponents. I think her and Billy Kay's history is not done. I mean, even going back as far as her debut match in NXT, her and Billy Kay have had some good matches. I think the iconic life partner in Peyton Royce, I think she's due to avenge what happened to Billy Kay at the cost of the Eclipse which really showed what danger that move is, especially because you know Oscar was watching. 
You know she saw what the Eclipse did to Billy Kay's neck, and I think that's what might have sparked this desperation. That's it, it very well might have. You know, she she's worried that that can you know in fact end the reign. But to go back and fully say what I think she's got to do, I think Ember Moon has got to go back to the basics. I think she's got to reevaluate her strategy against Asuka. I think she's got to deliver with a little bit more aggression, but at the same time of aggression, I think she has to be smart in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Because overall, I mean, everyone says Asuka hits the hardest, and the, but that that's not that's not what brought her to the game. She's a tactician, and she knows how to plan ahead. The striking, the submission, it all, it all very much comes naturally to Asuka. It's what brought her so much success. It's why she's still undefeated. And most of that is why she is the NXT Women's Champion. But again, we keep mentioning this desperation of Asuka. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. I don't know how it's going to factor into anybody watching and seeing if they can stop the Empress of Tomorrow. But uh, who rises up, Nick? If not Ember Moon, again, who in the NXT Women's Division do you see? bringing that match and bringing that fire out of Asuka. In my eyes, without a shadow of a doubt, it's either going to be Nikki Cross or Peyton Royce. The NXT universe loves them both. They are just flying through everybody, everyone. The iconic duo is just making short work of everyone on their roster. And, you know, Nikki Cross, you know, her... She speaks for herself. We already spoke about her earlier in the podcast. Nikki Cross, we have Please. Sanity backing her. And, you know, Sanity as a as a force at ringside is always something to be reckoned with. The men's division has learned that. I think it's just a matter of time until they for become the a factor division. in doing what they set out to do and take and take and take. And they might just be able to take from the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. That's a good point. But I'm going to take that, move on to the next point. What do you think about Drew McIntyre coming back and stealing the spotlight right from everybody? Drew McIntyre takeover. Drew McIntyre is back in WWE. I for one could not have been more excited to chosen see one. him of all him of all faces. The chosen one has returned. He's making after making impacts from all around the world. Not just I, I got not a just real question TNA for you. I just, I just got a real question for you. Really big on you the European market. Vince McMahon's gonna make like his first official <laughs> come into NXT like. I chose you first. As opposed to everybody being a Triple H guy? Absolutely. I think that would be a fantastic way to enter it. Vince can harp on his WWE accomplishments, talk about how you know he's had this impressive showing, a former Sorry, Intercontinental, Intercontinental Champion. Champion. Jinx, you owe me a beer. Uh. In Drew McIntyre, I, I, I would really like to see that. That would be a much more interesting dynamic because everybody who's been brought up has pretty much fit in Triple H's pocket. What about that big franchise re-signing to be in Vince McMahon's pocket and they could pick right back up on from the chosen one? I yeah, don't think that's too far The other re we've seen is, uh, you know, Rhino, and he wasn't exactly one of, you know, Vince McMahon's golden boys. Not necessarily one of his guys. <laughs> Usually when you're the last ECW champion, you're not going to be one no, of Vince that's, McMahon's that's favorite people. not exactly going to, you know, win you Vince McMahon's favorite spot. But yeah... McIntyre back in the WWE, definitely glad to see him back, and uh, we cannot wait to see where that goes. With two championships defended successfully so far, and the hottest free agent in professional wrestling spotted at ringside, we move on to the NXT TakeOver Orlando main event, where the glorious Bobby Roode defends his NXT championship against the king of strong style, Shinsuke Nakamura. And he... 
truly was glorious. I mean, that just, just to, the opening, man, that robe was on point. Two, two pianos. Because when you're the glorious one, two, two chicks playing piano is no joke. You need them both. You need the presentation. This aura that the Bobby Roode brings to an arena. Bobby Roode has is it, it, it's exactly what WWE needs. It's exactly what NXT needs, and it, it's good to see. It's really good to see that the showmanship is not done, when, and that true, true like uh, gimmicks aren't dead. When the man says he's a superstar, though, Nick, that's not gimmick. The man who lives, he breeds it. He's just, he's overall, all in all, glorious. He's got that old school heel. He's someone you want to hate. But the presentation and all that, it, it makes it very difficult. But he's taking on a very, very strong competitor in the world-renowned Shinsuke Nakamura. And you know how I feel about the King of Strong Style. One yeah, we, we all know how you feel about the King of Strong Style. You're uh, one of his many, many followers. Big fan over here of Nakamura, but let's move on to how intense this matchup. The matchup for me, Nick, represented the glorious era of Bobby Roode and the last fighting chance in the fan-driven We Are NXT slogan being personified in Shinsuke Nakamura again. Uh, a lot of people feel that, and like I, I, I agree to a certain extent, but I, I don't feel that, that Roode's uh, tenure in NXT is going to be as long as everyone seems that it's going to be. Like, I, I agree that he's going to have a good run, and it's going to be, in fact, glorious. But I don't, I don't see him having, you know, two or three title runs. I don't see him, you know, bouncing back and forth with the title. I don't see him having many feuds after he's done with the title, in NXT anyway. I don't think he needs a feud after his championship. I think he's got his aforementioned nickname. He has the it factor to be a primetime player on Raw or SmackDown Live. Now, let's talk about the match. The match, it told a recognizable story in the knee injury to Shinsuke Nakamura, which is what put him out of NXT television for a couple weeks. Yeah, it was very uh, reminiscent of the original match, but at the same time, it was uh, you could see the gradual growing in both of them where they learned from each other's you know styles. You know... Rude was right on top of every one of Nakamura's moves. Every time he went for the Kinshasa, Rude was either rolling out of the way or rolling out of the ring. And people may say it's underhanded, but it's the way to get it done. It's the way a champion fights. He countered one Kinshasa with a beautiful spine buster. And that's that's what led Bobby Rude to victory. It was a build, it was a build, it was a build. It was like, what DDT is going to take to put away the King of Strong Style, and it took a vicious elbowing chop block to the knee and a tornado glorious DDT. Nick, the impact from that DDT on Nakamura's head. His neck looked just like it contorted in all sorts of ways. It was it was, it was, a, it was a beautiful win, and um, it, it, it cemented the fact that, you know, Rude does in fact deserve the title because there were some people who were still arguing the fact that, oh, he didn't deserve it, you know, he didn't deserve the win. Well... Now you can't say that he has a concrete victory over Shinsuke Nakamura where he has beaten him. It's very difficult to look away from Bobby Roode's achievement as NXT champion. Would it be nice to have the King of Strong Style at the top of the mountain again? Yes, but the glorious era of Bobby Roode is going to continue, and he's got a very nice new championship to coincide with it. Yeah, the, the question we ask now is, is Nakamura, is Nakamura going to go for the title again or is he going to move up we have no idea but 
that's that's the looming question. Is he going to get another shot? Is he going to get another feud? Are we going to see what we all want to see, which is Hideo Itami versus Nakamura? Or is he going to move up? <laughs> I think we see Shinsuke Nakamura on WWE very, very soon. I think he's going to bring quite a presence. His unorthodox charisma, he's got... He's he's just astounding. He is like anything I've... He's like unlike anything I've ever seen. The man is a rock star, martial artist. He's part Bruce Lee. He's part Michael Jackson. He's going to hit you, and then he's going to taunt you while he does it. It's definitely something we've never seen in the WWE, and that's exactly what's going to take him straight to the top in the WWE. With the glorious era of Bobby Roode continuing in NXT, that about does it for us. I am CD Danny Mac. And I'm Nikki Six. And this has been the Undisputed Future Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a really long-term goal for both me and Nick. I'm sure I could speak for him when I say thank you for listening. If you give a damn again, please join us for Episode 2. Episode 2, we're going to be discussing the aforementioned hottest free agent signing in Drew McIntyre. We're going to be talking all NXT Episode on April 12th. And when I say April 12th, I mean April 12th. Guys, if you're a little bit behind in the NXT product, this is a spoiler-free zone. We are going to be talking the episode that is filmed on each corresponding Wednesday when this podcast is up. You are completely safe with me. I would never do something with that to you. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore UF, and this will be found on SoundCloud backslash Undisputed Future. Again, this is TD Danny Mac and Nikki Six signing off, and we will talk to you next week.